don't you ever, ever talk about Truck Planet Earth. Hey there, and welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just trying to make the world 10% nicer. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and this week's guest is the super nice Mick Saul. Mick is, first and foremost, a human being, so that's pretty relatable to most listeners. Uh, Beyond that, she's a New Yorker, a successful model, an actress, she's pretty much the co-star of The Joker, which I'm sure you saw, and an up-and-coming stand-up talent. Not to define who Mick is, or, or anyone, by their careers or career aspirations, as no doubt Mick has hopes and dreams and fascinations and all sorts of interests. But we didn't, we didn't talk about any of that stuff. Now we pretty much just reduced her to her career aspirations. Um, this is, I think it's the longest nice work podcast to date, which of course is Brian's fault, but he's a surprise. He's a surprise, one that I keep talking about in advance. I keep blowing the surprise, but just wait for it. Okay, but before you decide whether you want to spend two hours with Mick and with me and with he who shall not yet be named, I'll give you a quick rundown of some of what we talk about. We'll talk about her essential, pivotal, and some critics might have said movie wouldn't have worked without role in The Joker uh, with her co-star Joaquin Phoenix. We talk about can you have principles and be a model and play frisbee golf? Uh, Instagram modeling and positive body image. Contradiction? Mm. Mick gives one big tip for parents with teens looking to get into modeling. But no tips for teens whose parents want to get into modeling. The sleazy photographer thing. Is it real? And related to that, related to the sleazy photographer thing, Mick's absolute lack of involvement with Terry Richardson. We talk about the wonders of Mickvember, a month, the 13th month, on the old um, Hindu calendars, Mickvember. Uh, is modeling a bridge to anywhere? And am I the only one who automatically thinks of Terabithia when I hear bridge to? The hardest spot difference between a button and a nipple. Also, the big list. I know, it's fun. Why you can't quit making creative stuff. Yeah, you. Why you need to ignore social media numbers and metrics. You think you already know that, but come on, we need to remind you. A creative couple as cheerleaders and co-creators. The power of that. Why it's great to be terrible. Just Mm, terrible stuff. The wild world of improv comedy. It takes a lot of work. Two super nice challenges for you. What else? Um, oh, Drunk Planet Earth. And lastly, maybe the best part, there's... Mm, can't say his name. But I've already said it. You can figure it out. This intro is getting really long. Kind of my most awkward. I'm not feeling super comfortable right now. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's my lower back. It's a little bit tight. Anyway, don't go anywhere or skip forward, though, because I still real quick need to talk about Super Nice Club, a club that you really need to be a member of, especially during the time we're in right now. You can learn more about the Super Nice Club, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or just online at superniceclub.com, where you can get details about our mission to make the world just 10% nicer. And that's just a start. Also at the site, there's super nice merchandise, shirts, hats, stickers, and more to help you spread the word in your community around this simple idea of making the world a nicer place. In fact, in fact, if your nice merchandise doesn't help start nice conversations, you get your money back, no problem. You can also text NICEMIC right now to 310-421-0393. 
That's 310-421-0393 to join our Super Nice Club Insider Community, where you'll get invited to events, giveaways, local gatherings, and more. I don't know what the more is, but I'm going to figure it out, and you'll be there for it once you sign up. Oh, you know what the more is? We just gave away um, a tire cover that says Super Nice Club on it real big, you know, for your Jeep or whatever. Uh, your your G-Wagon. No, please. No G-Wagon. If you have a G-Wagon, sell it, get an 87 Corolla wagon, and then you could have the best root beer floats for like at least, you know, a month. All right. If you like this podcast or even this rambling intro so far, will you please subscribe and pass along to friends? Because podcasting is such a crowded space and we really want to help stand out. No, we really want you to help us stand out. Yeah, because we want to help you stand out because you're so nice. Saved it. Anyway, none of that's going to happen. It will not happen without your support, without your help. So pretty please. All right. You ready for this? Um, Oh, I got to apologize for my mic issues during the last part of this podcast. I'm just stupid. That's all. I messed up. And since then, I've invested in a better microphone like I'm using right now. So it's all good from now on. Okay. Far less amateur hour. Some, but that keeps it edgy. So here's nice work with the super nice Mick Saul. I'm not sure about that intro. Mick, hey, really great to have you on today, this morning, this afternoon. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Where is here? New York, right? Yes, I am up in Harlem. You're in Harlem. How is Harlem? It's nice. I live right by the park. It's super beautiful up here. Okay, so you and Brian live in Harlem. We'll get to Brian later. We'll get to him. Yes. He's going to be the surprise guest which I just, I think I just ruined the surprise. That's okay. He's going to be the, the surprise guest because he's going to he's come gonna in be, at a surprising time. Yeah, it's going to be a callback. It's going to be one of those things that people will be like, oh, I totally forgot. We're going to hear from Brian. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today about everything that you're up to, everything that you're up to with Brian as well. Because these, these couples that are in COVID and working together, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress, or it can be. Uh, it can also be a really beautiful thing that, that brings people closer together than ever. So hopefully that's what's going on with you guys, but just don't even answer that. Just wait till we get there. <laughs> and I want him to answer. I want you guys to answer independently. It'll be like, what was that game show where they had uh, to learn about each other? Yeah, it was either that or was it Honeymoon? Something oh, like... neither one of Because it was something about, I think they were like just married and you had to answer like, what's their favorite breakfast? But they'd just gotten married. And at that time, I guess it was more... The newlyweds. Like, newlyweds, yes. that's it. That's awesome. Okay, we got it. Right. Yeah, we got there. Pretty in the interesting. Pretty interesting interview so far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you? Who are you, Mick? What are you? What What are you all about? Well, let's see. So I guess, how early do you want to start? How about this? I know. Where do you consider the place that you grew up? Ooh. So I grew up in Delaware, mm-hmm. which isn't too far from New York, and. I think that's a good place to start. I am the daughter of two immigrants. Uh, I'm Polish and I grew up a super nerd. I was in all the extracurriculars. I took a bunch of advanced classes. I was like, I thought for a long time that I was gonna be a lawyer. So that was the track I was on. I was like, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Uh, And then I went to college and I came back to my high school just to visit when I was at home at some point. And my English teacher took me aside and was like, hey, 
I didn't want to tell you this in high school because I didn't want you to drop out of high school, but I used to be a casting director uh, for models in New York, and I really think that you could model if you wanted to, which I thought was crazy. I thought it was like, I thought it was so funny. I thought she was uh, blowing smoke because I was a very sweet student. So I was like, she's just being nice because like I was the teacher's pet. That's very kind. Uh, and then she, she wrote down a bunch of agency names. She's like, look, I can't, I don't have any connections there because I've been an English teacher for a while. But here's some names of the, uh, some agencies that I know were legit when I was working. You might as well just go to some open calls. Worst case scenario, they say no. And then you're at the exact same place you are now and no harm, no foul, who cares? So I was like, oh, that's so funny. But I had this list in my pocket and I was like, it was in my coat pocket and I just kept Every so often I'd reach my hand in my pocket and be like, oh, this list, I should throw this away. But I never did. And uh, after I think like six months, I finally was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go. This is like bothering me too much. So I took a train, I was in Baltimore at the time. I took a train during uh, just a week that I guess I didn't have classes. And I went to a bunch of open calls. Lo and behold, I got offered a contract. So I ended up getting a modeling contract and I started modeling. I did finish college just so my parents wouldn't completely murder me. <laughs> uh, but then I started modeling. And so, and I moved. Being totally honest here, being totally honest, when you were a young girl, you never thought as you're growing up, oh, maybe I can model someday. That was like never an aspiration. <laughs> no, was no, it I didn't. That looked cool, even if you didn't think it was for you. Did you ever think, oh, what a dream life? No, I didn't. To be honest, I. It didn't register on my radar. I I didn't dress cool. I didn't li I, like. I didn't look at fashion magazines. I didn't. I didn't know modeling was a job. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I I had heard of maybe Kate Moss. I'm not even sure if you were like, oh, do you know who Kate Moss is? When I was 15, that I'd be able to tell you because I was just in such a. I was such a different track of life that right. I. I never considered it. I also. I found it hard to find dates in high school. I didn't consider, I wasn't one of the popular kids. I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't have that life where it seemed like an option or that it even existed. So was that any sort of barrier for you when you first got into modeling and they asked you about things? You're like, I, you know what? I really never heard of. I have oh no my idea God. who that is. Yes. Oh my God. It was so, oh, my first agency, I think they probably thought, what planet did this girl come from? Because like, literally, I just didn't know anything. So they'd be like, oh, they'd give me a casting. And I'd be like, so um, Gavinci, is that like a is that like a big brand? And they'd be like, Gavinci, um, are you kidding? Right. Or they'd be like, okay, you have to buy, you're supposed to wear um, high heels to castings. And I didn't have any. And so they were like, well, you have to go out and buy some high heels. So I went to the store and I, I just remember being in Union Square at a shoe store, I think it was like DSW, I'm at a shoe store and I'm like, okay, high heels. And I look, and of course, there's a thousand high heels. There's like so many options and varieties and wedges and everything. And so I called them on like my little phone and I was like, hey, um, what kind of high heels should I get? And they're like, oh, you know, just stilettos. And I, I didn't know what a stiletto was. And I was like, now is that, uh, different from a high heel because you said high heel before and now you're saying stiletto and th they got so annoyed because they I think they thought I was messing with them so I ended up having to ask someone who worked there being like I'm just looking for apparently a plain black stiletto and they showed me what that was and I bought it um, 
I had to buy skinny jeans because I tended to wear jeans that were like three size bigger than I actually wore because I'd never I, I had no fashion sense. I had no idea what I was doing. To me, clothes were literally just uh, the things you had to wear to be acceptable in public. It wasn't something that I had any connection with. Wow, your parents did a great job. I sent an email the first time I bought skinny jeans to my agents because I was like, are you guys sure that this isn't too tight? This feels like my legs are losing blood pressure. This seems crazy. And they were like, these look completely normal. These look like, I don't know what's happening to you, but yes, these are good jeans. I was like, okay, very good. Yes, thank you. I just needed to make sure. So during that transformation for you, not transformation, but education, right? Because you're still sure. you. Did your older sisters, were they like, what is going on? Or were they like, hey, that's oh, cool. Oh, totally. So um, I think they, they were super supportive. I don't think that they were like, they were what's going on in the sense of like, oh, cool. Now you'll be able to tell me stuff. So like right. my older sister sometimes will send me pictures of clothes now even and be like, hey, what do you think of this shirt? Or like, how do I make this dress look cuter or whatever? And now I'm like, oh, I know what I can do for that. Like, I know, here's some tips. Here's like, okay. buy these okay. shoes. I hear you. So, okay, so what do you think of this? Can you see this jacket? Wait. Oh, I love wait, your jacket. Wait, the back of it? Can you, can you see anything on there? Uh, the Egyptian, but I wait. can't see anything. Uh, oh, it looks like a sphinx, uh, I want to say. It's the Egyptian lover. Yeah, anyway, go back into your 80s pop <laughs> and you'll get the... Uh, I mean, can you see this incredible uh, embroider work? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just got to do a quick shout out to the Egyptian lover <laughs> for any Egyptian lover fans out there. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll intro this. No, I can't steal it. So that's not, a, that's not a super nice club jacket then? No, it's just a super nice jacket. Uh, it's a super nice yeah, I jacket. I do want to do thought... super nice club jackets like this. This kind of satin. Oh, 100%. But with a lot of different embroidered different yeah. things all over. Like this one says... Um, uh, freakaholic on the arm there. Probably yes. instead of having the the Egyptian lover sphinx face, probably be my face, you know, instead. I mean, I can't see what you see. Anyway, sorry to distract <laughs> you. I just want, some, just want some free fashion tips for a successful model. That's all. <laughs> blame me. So now you're doing, you just, I just saw, what did you just, you landed a really cool campaign for... Um, DVF. For Diane von Furstenberg. Yes. Yeah, for DVF. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, thanks. That was, yeah, that was uh, the second campaign that I've shot for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, really cool DVF classic, classic dresses. I love the classic. Yeah. DVF. They're kind of struggling a bit, I think. Um, yes. Uh, well, they went through, I think, a lot of changes uh, internally. And then once, I think most fashion companies right now are really struggling because of COVID. Yeah. Because... Uh, a, people aren't buying new clothes as much, and if they are, I, apparently people are buying tops, not lipstick, but uh, nail polish. Mm. Uh, like, it's funny what has the buying tendencies have changed. And you're still paying all that money to lease the retail yeah. Uh, locations. Yeah, major so. makeup brands have, have gone out of late. Yeah. It's been a big, it's been a big, uh, a big shakeup. So, DVF, what are some of the other big, let's just name drop some of the campaigns real quick. <laughs> Um, I did a big campaign for Galerie Lafayette in Paris, which is like a big department store there. That was very cool to see like uh, me on these, like I'd be on the Metro and I'd be like, that's oh, me. Oh, that's cool. Uh, L'Oreal. Let's see. Redken. I've done a lot of hair stuff uh, because I have 
Right now it's a little short, but I generally have very long hair, which they just love to cut. They're like, oh, we love someone with long hair to cut them down to a bob. Um, let's see, what else have I done? I mean, magazines, you name it, runways. I've traveled, I've worked in Paris, Germany, London, Singapore, New York, LA. Right, so, you, so you're like a real model. Yeah. You're not an Instagram model. Right? Oh, yeah. no. So no. is there a difference? Like, okay, here's what I was thinking before we, we started talking, like the difference between an Instagram model and a real model. Is it basically like this? One gets paid in cash and the other one gets free <laughs> swimsuits? Kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, gosh, Instagram. Okay. So I'm not going to disparage Instagram models. I actually, I think Instagram is such an interesting tool because it really is, it has changed the industry in, I think, really good ways. Like there are some bad takeaways from Instagram. I don't think it's great for mental health. I don't think that it's like the filters kind of freak me out. But I do think that it's forced the fashion industry because there's always been like the couple people who decide who's cool, who's like the hot model. And Instagram's sort of taken away that power and democratized it. Mm. And so what it's done is it's forced the doors open into uh, more body inclusivity, more diversity, and sort of force them to be like, okay, well, you know, this girl on Instagram has millions of followers. We should maybe put her in this campaign because she is very popular. She is an it girl, even if that wasn't made through us. Uh, and even I if her body type isn't one that we would normally go for, yes, right? Right. Cool. And I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's really cool. I think that, you know, I'm, I think, it's also forced a more fitness-related uh, sort of corner of the market to open. Because uh, before this, I think that, you know, there has been this stress to keep models very thin. And that's still there, unfortunately. But because of Instagram, there is more of a focus now for healthier body types, for muscle mass, for not showing girls who are just rib cages, you know? Right. Uh, and some girls naturally are quite thin, I'm not trying to body shame anyone, yeah. either end of, of the spectrum. I think we should accept all people. <laughs> this is this is good. We're gonna I'm gonna surprise you with this. I went through and I found an AMA, uh, <laughs> Ask Me Anything, that you did on Reddit in 2015. Oh <laughs> so five years ago, when you were like it, 12 years old. That um, feels so long ago. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to just kind of read some of your replies and maybe you can guess the questions or maybe I'll throw oh, the God. questions. But I want to know, <laughs> I'm not trying to embarrass you, although that'd be, that'd yeah, be yeah, great. Please that'd be extra take bonus, out anything right? that's... <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm just curious about if your perspective has changed on your sure. answers or not necessarily changed, but, but grown richer. Right? Honestly, I'm curious as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, your intro to that AMA was, hey, everyone, I've been modeling now for seven years or so done just about everything there is to do modeling-wise. I've walked on runways around the world, shot TV commercials, worked showrooms for top mm. designers. I've done editorial shoots for magazines. I think modeling is one of the most misunderstood professions out there. So feel mm. free to ask me anything, and I'll tell you everything. Did I, I just, I tried to mimic your voice there. Did I nail it? Oh, yeah, That's that was good, really right? good. Yeah, okay. I actually don't hate my intro either. I was yeah. like, God, what did I, what did I say? <laughs> I'm going to cherry pick some of the replies. That's all. Yeah, so, okay. um this, this one is super interesting to me because I've wondered about this too, about you, you're walking around, you see a model, uh, your photo, and you're like, how, how did she bend her, why, that's such an unnatural pose. Mm. Um, 
So somebody asked you about that, and your reply was, I'm guessing you mean editorials or campaigns. These are not necessarily meant to be realistic poses, but rather the whole picture is a piece of art, like a painting. The poses are meant to be interesting enough to catch your eye and make you remember the ad. If you're looking at it, this is where what I was with doing, and thinking, is that girl's arm on backwards? <laughs> at least you're thinking about it. Was that, did I write that last part too? Not the part where I said, and this is- The arm on backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's um, the thing. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really about, you know, catching someone's gaze and making them look at the ad. Because honestly, what are ads trying to do? They're trying to make you look at the picture for the five seconds longer than you naturally might be inclined to do. Because most of us don't want to look at ads. So I do think that uh, the poses and things, and it's also why editorial models tend to look maybe not the standard definition of beauty. Like mm -hmm. there's something about their face, maybe they have a big gap between their teeth or they have sort of uh, unusual looking lips. And I see a lot of people sort of bully online these girls and it's like, no, that's the point. The point is you remember this girl. Right. You. I mean, the fact that you're pushed to go online and take the time and write a comment means that you have been staring at this ad so long now that at least subconsciously you're like, Prada, Prada, I know the name Prada. Like, right. that, it, it works. It, it, they do it because it does work. Okay, good to know. Another thing you said, this is a response to somebody asking the basic question. The, you mm. know, do you have to sleep your way to the top to become like a supermodel? Ah, uh, yes. In modeling, I don't believe you have to sleep your way to the top, but to get to the true top, I'm sure every model faces a situation that pushes the boundaries of what they are comfortable doing, and they have to decide whether or not they'll stand by their principles and suffer the consequences, or whether they will acquiesce. It's a hard choice given that there are hundreds of girls ready and willing to take your place in any job. So my question around that reply is, since then, I'm not asking you if you had to sleep your way to the top. First sure. of all, who cares? Secondly, <laughs> um, I'm just more curious about that, what you said in there that's so interesting, which is pushing the boundaries of what you're comfortable with. You know, having to weigh your own sort of morals and dogma versus career choices. Have you had any interesting situations in the last five years since then? Yeah, I mean, so... When I wrote that reply, I wasn't specifically referring to sleeping your way to the top. I I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm sure it happens. In uh, all industries. <laughs> right, exactly. Unfortunately, yeah. true. Yeah. But I was more referencing that along with, I think for me, my personal sort of having to deal with boundaries and sort of the comfort uh, would have been nudity. A lot okay. of photographers want to shoot nudes or at least topless or, you know, whatever they want to do. It's another way to keep interest in a photo is like, oh, a chick's naked. Now, that is, I think, such a that's such a tough line because, A, it's such a thin line between an artful nude and a pornographic nude. Mm -hmm. That is a very thin line. It is very hard to know before you get on set, even by looking at previous photos, it's not a guarantee if that's what the next photo is going to be. So you really, it's so much trust that you have to put in and 
whether or not you're okay with it. I was not. I was not really ever comfortable shooting a ton of nudes. I think there's a couple. I shot one, for example, in Paris. I shot this editorial. It was topless. But they were uh, over and over again. They were like, you have really long hair. We're going to use that to cover. So don't worry about it. It's going to be like, you're not going to see anything. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That I'm comfortable with. I have no problem being nude. I just don't want that image out there. Because again, for so much of my life, I knew that modeling, there is no end. You're sort of on a train and you know at some point the train tracks are blown out. You don't know when. Hmm. So you know that you have to have a plan for after modeling. And so there was this deep-seated fear in me that if I did a nude and I ever tried to have any sort of serious career afterwards, there would be a problem because they'd be like, oh yeah, but then when we Googled you, we came up with all these nudes. So I was okay being nude so long as the image wasn't actually nude. Cut to a few weeks later, of course they ended up choosing the image where the hair had blown to the side and uh. I'm topless. And so after that, I became even more strict with being like, no. And photographers would be like, well, well, I won't show anything. It's going to be artful. It'll be from here to here. Like I've heard uh, that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I was like, yeah. Oh, and then when I, I complained to the people who shot it, I was like, hey, you said that this wouldn't be uh this wouldn't be shown they were like what are you worried about you got great tits i was like holy god is that not wow. i'm not it's not about that right. so i do think that that's sort of something that people have to decide what they're okay with and what they're not okay with and i mean i think that's something that instagram has really uh that's a part of instagram i don't really like i do think that instagram really does push people to drop the nudity barrier and to post more provocative, more body than I think maybe naturally people would want yeah. to. I don't... It's the likes, it's the whole, the dopamine thing, right? It, it just yes. pushes and pushes and pushes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable when you put numbers to pictures that you're going to sort of, that's going to get in your head like, oh, this image didn't get as many likes as this one. Why don't people like this picture? Why don't I they like, like me, picture. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Why have I myself, that's right. not my prettiest self or my most attractive self. And it's mm -hmm. not just limited to models, not just limited to women at all. It's no. anyone who puts up a profile photo that, oh, yeah. that that cares a little bit. It's true. I think it happens even without, I mean, I know that it happens to my photographer friends as well. They'll take dozens of photos and be like, okay, I don't know why these landscapes aren't doing so well. I think they're so beautiful. Maybe I shouldn't shoot landscapes. And it's like, yeah. no, just that maybe Instagram isn't the home for this image, but that doesn't mean that this image doesn't have a home. Absolutely. Well put. You know, and there is there is a time and a place for using Instagram to see whether or not your your, your product is going to appeal yes. to the masses. But if what you're doing isn't about the masses, then you're going to get misled. So what about that? Yeah. What about products? As a model, do you have the luxury of rejecting a campaign because you're not comfortable with what the company itself does or their values? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely... Okay, so earlier this year, back in February, when I thought 2020 is going to be my year, holy shit, this is going to be good. I, I told my agency that I was not going to be modeling in New York, that I'm going to take a break to see how acting pans out because I was like, I really think that this is my time to drop the modeling thing and really 
jump in, feet first, acting. And then literally a month later, everything shut down. And I was like, okay, very good, very cool. So I had dropped my agency. Oh, you went that far. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm sure I didn't do it in any brutal way. We're right. still on good terms. It's if I, after this, I'm like, okay, I'll go back to modeling. I don't think that they'd be like, not you. Right. I remember. Um, <laughs> I think that they understood at the time that I just wanted to focus on acting. They're very cool people. But I will say that agencies generally will push models to take jobs and you better have a good reason, like a, a very good reason not to do a job. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I do have the luxury. I'm lucky to have the luxury to be like, hey, I'm just not comfortable doing nudes or whatever, mm -hmm. or I'm not comfortable working for this company because I don't like how they treat their people or people in general. Right. Cool. Here's a good one. The worst thing that ever happened to you, your reply, do you remember? No. You don't? Oh, this is no. Better. Okay, because it's a good one. A woman was trying to dress me quickly, and she wasn't really playing close attention, and she mistook my nipple for a button. Oh. <laughs> True story? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. So the thing about being a model is so often the people that you work with, you are the product for mm -hmm. many of these things. And so it's very easy for not only the person to sort of separate themselves from their self, their body, and sort of have like, not think of themselves. And honestly, a lot of times it's how I got through some of the worst jobs was just to sort of disassociate from the physical actions that are happening and be like, well, this is a bad job, but I just need to get through it. And, you know, in a few hours, I'll be back home. Unfortunately, this does also translate to the people that you work with sometimes where they see you more as a product. So I've been stabbed by so many pins. I've been cut. Uh, I've had my face like uh, burnt by just because they, they sort of forget that you're a person under there sometimes. And it's I don't blame them for that. I think that's just part of the job. And so a lot of nipple stuff happens, not in a sexual way, but like this woman buttoned my nipple or I was modeling swimsuits and this stylist, she was like, I don't know what this, like there's like this bump in the swimsuit. And I like, I don't know, I every, like I'm trying to like just flatten it out. But every time I flatten it out, it's like, it gets worse. And I was like, that's my nipple. Um, hmm. So you're just rubbing my nipples right now, and that's not going to help. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, 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 so sorry. Um, so that happens. Oh. Uh, it's just one of those funny things that happens at work where it's like people are so focused on making the image that they forget like, oh yeah, this is a real human person. Yeah. Okay, so thoughts on, okay, so at the time you hadn't yet had the pleasure of working with this high caliber photographer Terry Richardson. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, I had not. How about I, now? Yeah. No, thank goodness. No, I've never <laughs> had uh, had to worry about Terry Richardson. Um, gosh, I am shocked that he is. I mean, I guess now uh, the big magazines have come out and said they're not going to work with him anymore. But I am shocked that it took so long. Right. Yeah. But I mean, again, this is another great thing about social media. Uh, this is one of the things that I think Instagram has helped with because you can't keep hiring these people in the global internet age anymore as much. I think it's a lot harder now to do because before it was like everyone in the industry knew that Terry Richardson was a creep. Right. I mean, 
they'd be like, okay, but remember, it's Terry Richardson, so if you go in, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and oh, it was like uh, so no one, no one didn't know, but they still hired this guy all the time. Whereas now it's like you hire Terry Richardson, you know, you're going to get a shitload of bad press on that. Right. Well, so okay, good. To some know. good, good to know. Some silver linings. So, route. We're going to move into the acting part of, of what you're doing. Sure. Before we do, parents with a Ooh. nerdy teenager that yes. may or may not have interest in modeling. I know there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot to that. There's a lot of fear around, hey, I'm sending my daughter or son uh, oh, into sure. you know, what is seen largely as a very predatory industry. Do you sure. have any tips on, if anybody's listening, they're like, you know, my kid wants to, but I'm very scared of doing that. Is there any advice you can offer? I mean, if I'm going to be super, super honest, I would guarantee, I would, uh, my recommendation would be don't, don't get into modeling. It is not an industry that I recommend working in. I think it is, it is, it's a time suck and it can be such a trap. I think it can lead to a lot of body image issues along with like a lot of self-esteem issues. It's a very, uh, it's a it's a mean industry, unfortunately, and so it's like I'm not saying you know, you know, live your life, right? Uh, who who am I? You've never met me, but I don't know that I would do it over again if I had a time machine. And I think that there's this. I mean, five years ago, I said I'd been working what six, seven years, yeah. and I just quit this year. When I started, I constantly was like, I'll model for like a year or two, and then I'll get on to other things because again modeling doesn't have an end like career there is no ladder that you're climbing up there's more of like a hole that you're sort of drifting towards and you don't know when you're gonna hit it i think if you're here's my tip if you're going to be a model if that's something you want to do use it as a jumping off point for whatever your other passion is if you're attracted to modeling because you're like i love fashion then maybe look into what you want to be doing in fashion and really have that as like the fire that you're constantly stoking and let modeling, you know, supplement your income where you can and let it, don't let it take over your life, I guess would be my advice. If you want to write a book and you want to model, then make sure you're writing every day. Make sure that if you want to be an actor, modeling doesn't really alley-oop you into jobs unless you are actively working. So if you want to be an actor, be taking acting classes the whole time because one day you wake up and you realize, holy God, how many years have I been doing this? And I keep saying next year will be the last year, but it never is because there's always some big fish that you're about to land and it reels you in. It just reels you in for so many years. Great. I think it's a great tip. I think it's a great tip. Thanks. Um, Favorite model of all time? The one that, that just inspires you the most? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, you can't cheat. See. I'm not going to have you say two. Don't like run out a bunch of names as you try to arrive at one. That's what people do. They're like They try to drop. Oh. You know, just, just say one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll... I'll um, <laughs> Honestly, you know who I think is a really uh, inspirational model? I love what Heidi Klum has done. That is a great okay. example. Or... Tyra Banks, these women who, sorry, I did used to, yeah, these women it. who really did, um, but they did turn modeling into something else. I, yeah. I, I look up to even more than just the modeling aspect of it. Like Cindy Crawford makes her own furniture, has a great Mexican spot in Malibu. Like these women who 
used modeling and we're like, okay, but what do I want to do with this? And we're able to become personalities on television. Tyra Banks has her own show. Heidi Klum is on multiple television shows and right. now has her own line. Like these, yeah. that's what I think is, that is the true supermodel. And that's inspirational for you as a working model to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Just to remind yourself that, you know, models come and go, faces are, you know, you can be, I've seen so many models. Unfortunately, I've seen this a lot with male models. I think their careers are different. They're different. You can become very big as a model. And then because you're big, you fall out of favor because it's like, oh, but they were like the big face of 2019. Like, let's move on. Let's choose someone else. And I think that can be very, very difficult to mentally grasp with because it's like, but I was pulling these big campaigns. I was the face. People loved me. What did I do? And it's like, you didn't do anything. Right. It, it's not you at all. You could be the you know most friendly, great model to work with. They're still not going to hire you again because they're like, well, we used her already. We used him for this campaign. So no, we're just, we're going to go somewhere else now. Wow. Well, that must be so anxiety inducing because you know that that's going to happen to you at some point. So in case, in case she's listening, um, my favorite model of all time, I was really just setting this up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Christy Turlington. Yeah, uh, Christy Turlington, if you're out there, you know, definitely. Gorgeous. Super nice. You can invite her to the podcast yes. as well. Okay. Yeah. Send her Maybe a hat. Too. She is super nice. <laughs> uh, okay. So into acting, which yes. you are, you said just a moment ago that 2020 is going to be the big year, uh, but you did I jump in. You've done, uh, you've done Law and Order. Uh, yes. You've done The Joker. Obviously, you were. Yes. Um, yes. You were pretty much the star of oh, The Joker, yeah. right? So much. I mean, <laughs> so, so you were much, there yeah. when the transformation happened. I think you pretty much inspired his transformation <laughs> and descent into hell. You know, you it brought was, out the evil. It was a, a very. I was thrilled to be in that scene. Yeah. That so, was a very good time. Mick was in the scene. If you've seen The Joker. He's in a subway at some point, and there is a woman sitting in the subway. That's your scene. Yes, yes. I'm reading a book. Some guys come on. They harass me, and I look at Joaquin like, come on. you just going to let this happen? My guy, come on. And yeah. he looks at me, and in the movie, he suffers from a neurosis that causes him to laugh when he's uncomfortable. This sort of crazy laugh, which really did just send tingles down my spine when I heard it the first time. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah that is good. Uh, and so then the guys start harassing him instead, and I flee the scene because I'm like, you know what? I don't, I shouldn't be here. This is getting out of hand. But that is a pivotal moment for the character yes. in the film. And, and you're right there. Did that help you at all? I know it's it's not a, you know, it's like, hey, I'm in the Joker and speaking, but did that, did anybody notice that and go, hey, you're into acting now? What, what did that do? What can such a small oh, role in such a, a, a big movie do, if anything? It did, I, I think it did a lot. I mean, it's so hard to know, right? Mm -hmm. From like, when you're so close, it's sort of like, you know, if you stand too close to a piece of art, all you can see is dots, but then you step back. So I don't, I don't know what I'll say. I mean, this is another one that I think in five years, it'll be very interesting to hear what I'm saying now. Right. But I would say I was surprised at the response I got from Joker. First of all, I got 
a whole, a whole host new followers. Like I got a bunch of people who found me and wrote me very nice messages about how I saw you in Joker and I waited till afterwards so I could get your name and I found you on Instagram. Are you the girl from the train? Oh, wow. And I was, yeah, which was honestly, I loved being in the movie. I just, I mean, acting is a, a thrill. And for me, it that was enough, you know, just to, I, I mean, when I went to the theater, I blacked out when my scene came on. I did not see it. I had to then rent the movie later on at home because it was like too much for my my brain to handle. Where I was just like, oh God. And uh, Brian turned to me and was like, that was so good. I was like, I good, I don't know. I, I literally, I feel like I blacked out. I didn't see, uh, it was good. Okay, good. Um, but I didn't, I didn't expect anything to come from it because the part is, there's so little screen time. So I, I didn't expect anything to come from it. But uh, people really, connected to the scene so they found me and they still write me really nice messages i still have people i got a message from someone i think two days ago that was like hey i hope you're okay um i just you know just hold out because i know that it must be tough with your industry shut down because of the pandemic but i really believe in you i think you're gonna do great which is like Holy God, for just like someone to sit down at their computer and be like, or Instagram, so I guess their phone, to be like, this girl hasn't posted in a few days. I'm going to write her a nice message and be like, I don't know if you're sad, but if you are sad, you shouldn't be because I think you're great, essentially. Because that's, you killed I mean, it in the Joker. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's so kind. It's so kind for people to send such messages i mean that's um, where i isn't that where we met like i i found you through the instagram on joker i was like who is that no i thought no cario and dana yeah and dana, yeah dana we love you cario we love uh, you cario salem the best also, people um nice work episode number two is cario mm -hmm. salem so if you're interested in I, an actor yeah. with some serious chops and a writer with some incredible chops and a musician who's also powerfully talented. Go back and listen to episode two, Cario Salem. Cario, I, hi, Dana. Yeah, hi. I just ordered their vinyl. I did too. Uh, the Cario vinyl, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lapel, Lapel Records is his label. Yeah. You guys should check that out, L-E-P-E-L. Little mm -hmm. plug for Cario and Dana, the ever-talented director, Dana. Yeah, I met Dana through modeling. I mean, and thank God, it was a random photo shoot that I, she was looking to just make some pictures just to make pictures not for a company and she took my pictures and we just vibed and i don't usually i don't usually stay friends with the people that i work with but i was like you're really cool here's my contact info if you ever need anything essentially yeah and we've been is, friends ever since she is like that she is a wonder you are a wonder dana i know you're listening yes okay so tell me about this is a, a brutal segue because but it's so obvious i'm gonna do it anyway from the Joker, you continued <laughs> the playing card theme into Ingrid the Dealer. Oh, Caviar. I see. Caviar, get it? Yeah, I know, it's bad. Yeah. So there's a film coming Very out good. listed on IMDb called Caviar, where you play Ingrid mm. the Dealer. What's that all about? Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be in that film. I think that my, yeah, I'm not, unless something massive changes, I'm not going to be. But I was hired to be in that film. Is that film, a COVID so casualty? I am no, although, oh my gosh, I just had this happen. Yeah, I've, I've had COVID casualties, but this was before COVID, but it was one of those things that they had already hired me. They already, um, 
like everything was done. And then at the end of the day, that scene, they were like, we ran out of time. So there's just no way that I'll be in this movie because I never even made it to set. And they were like, but we already hired you. So you're still going to come up on the IMDb and you're still on the (laughs) roster, which I think is so funny. But unless they go back, because I mean, the movie hasn't come out. So unless they go back and they're like, actually, we will film the scene now. But I, that would be, I don't think that's happening. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. To be quite Yeah, that happens. No. No, it happens. We just, yeah. we just sold a show, my partner and I, to, to Quibi, a K-pop show. And Quibi went out of business yesterday or the day before. Yeah, yeah I like, wasn't going to. Oh, yeah. well, I guess uh, that's yeah. not coming through. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's just, it's just the thing that happens. You know, the, here's the lesson in anything in entertainment. Unless the money hits your account, it's just not even anything to talk about. (laughs) Well, so I got so many messages. It's so funny you say that because when Joker came out, so many people were like, why didn't you tell me you're in Joker? And I was like, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was in this movie until I saw myself in the movie because you never know if you're going to end up on the cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you can be like, I'm in this movie. And then they cut the scene or they reshoot it. And they're like, actually, we decided that what's going to, you know, push Joaquin over the edge is going to be this instead of this train scene. So I didn't tell, I think I told four people maybe, and that was it. I was just like, I even invited one of my friends to come with me to see it on opening night without telling her that I was in it. I was like, oh, I have a spare ticket for Joker. Do you want to come? And then she ended up seeing it two weeks later and she was like, why didn't you tell me you were in it? I would have changed my plans. I was like, I still wasn't sure. I was not sure until I am in the movie. I am not in the movie. Uh, Caviar's now dead to me. Yeah, Anything, are are you able to do anything else with acting right now? So let's see, I, not through like normal channels, Mm -hmm. I would say. The only sort of acting stuff I've been doing is Brian and I, have started to try and record our own little sets. So we just did a Shark Tank comedy sketch that we filmed on a green screen. We had our friend edit us in onto the actual Shark Tank set and we post that online. And it did okay, it did fine, it did well. I think it's funny, I enjoyed it. We enjoyed making it. So we were like, okay, that was sort of like our tester to be like, do we like doing this? Is this uh too stressful because it is i think there's a difference between going onto a set and having a team and acting and the opposite there's like a it's very different to be like okay we've written this we this is what we think is going to happen and also working together is i think you never know how that's gonna go where it's like okay now i'm gonna sit and you're gonna record and you tell me like you direct me Oh, that can go south. Right. That can go south Especially quick. Especially <laughs> with the significant other, right? Yeah, exactly. During COVID, we're, but we'll get into that. We're going to bring Brian in yeah. in a second. What you said reminds me, there's such a lesson there with you recorded an episode, the Shark Tank one, which I saw this morning, and I enjoyed it for real. Oh, thank uh, you. When you put one out and you look at the metrics, especially yeah. if you don't have a platform to begin with, if you're building something mm. new, like a podcast, um, yes. it can be so disheartening because really, hey, guess what? Nobody's looking at it yet. And then yeah. a lot of people, they put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, money. Um, they're risking their, their um, self-esteem. They get yeah. one, doesn't do much, they quit, right? So yes. if you're going to do something, folks, if you're going to put a video out, write something, start gardening, it doesn't matter. Something that, that, you're, that needs to be repeated, just don't look at the results. 
for yeah, six months. A while. Yeah. You know, just keep, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy doing it, just keep doing it. It takes a long time. I hope you guys keep this up. I hope you keep doing these videos and don't yeah. pay attention to the numbers because it takes time. And then once it picks up, the numbers can be retroactively hot. Like people go back and look at the first one. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way we're looking at it where it's like, okay, well, even on Instagram, it's like, it sort of goes back to what we were saying before of like, maybe Instagram's not the home for it, but you know, people don't necessarily follow me for comedy reasons. You know, right. a lot of people are following me because of the modeling stuff. So it's like, you know, maybe your audience right now isn't the audience that is going to enjoy what you're putting out, but if you're enjoying making it and you're enjoying what the product is, so in our case, the Shark Tank video, which I really like, uh, then just keep going keep and you'll find the audience. And don't be bashful. Don't be bashful about asking friends, family, strangers to support what you're doing. You know, yeah. um, for example, I don't know, the Nice Work podcast. You know, subscribe to it. I know, this is crazy to think. Yeah, maybe follow Tell everybody. the Nice follow podcast. Follow it wherever you can get it. On, on, oh my um, God. What is Put the it thing? on Spotify, a boombox. Do a say anything outside someone's house with, yeah. with the, it playing on the boombox. Yeah. That's say anything, right? John Cusack. It is, yeah. John oh, Cusack's good. it. I have a funny John Cusack story that I can't tell. Another time. <laughs> after. Yeah. I want to hear after. Um, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, think, I think I struggle with that a lot. The fear. Of just the transition making, not having that transition from modeling into the next thing going smoothly? I, I Honestly, everything. I feel like I'm con constantly just... I actually am about to buy a piece of art by a friend named Margaret Stolte, and it says scared all the time doing it anyway. And I feel like I vibe with that so much where it's just like, yes, scared all the time, but can't, can't not do it because of that. Let's just go with Whatever the promotion thing. Mar Does Margaret have an Instagram handle that we can shout out right now? Uh, I, she, yes, she has a, an Instagram. It, I think it's, if you look up Margaret Stolte, S-T-O-L-T-E, she's on Instagram. She just launched her website today, which is where you can buy her art. Way to go, and Margaret. I don't know yeah. Margaret, but if you bought her art, she's an artist. Super Nice Club is all yes. about yeah. supporting the art. So. She's a comedian. That's how I met her. I met her through improv. So she's also very funny and talented. She's a great person. But yeah, and that's, I'm about to go into McVember if you want to talk about McVember. Oh my God, McVember. So yes. I, how come my, uh, my phone was supposed to remind me in the beginning of October to do my version <laughs> of... <gasps> November. Oh no, we're supposed to do it for June. Maybe it'll remind oh, no. me next June because I love that idea. We keep pushing Brian back. Damn it, Brian Morabito, I want you to be here. <laughs> but yes, we need to talk about McVember real quick. Thank you for the for prodding me on that. McVember is one of the coolest things I've seen on Instagram. Take it away. Explain it. So my birthday is the last day of November, uh, November 30th, and I... I'm not a birthday person for myself. I love making a big deal out of other people's birthdays. I, you know, I love celebrating other people's. Um, but I've always been one of those people that's like, eh, I don't, I don't like planning my own birthday. I don't like doing anything. And so it started as just a way to stop hating November because it was just this month filled with dread for me that it was like, ugh, and at the end, I'm having my birthday and I hated it, which is, really silly to be honest um but to get over that i was like okay i am going to challenge myself that every day i'm going to do something that 
scares me or it's new because it's hard to do something new that scares you every day but you can do something new at least and so the first time I did it that's how I started doing stand-up I went to an open mic and I, I did five minutes and my friends were there and they cheered me on and I thought it was great I went skydiving which was scary my parachute did not open properly but uh, you know everything went well they fixed it mid-fall and I am alive, so that's good. Uh, I went to Australia, one of the scariest places. Everything's trying to kill you in Australia. So I went to Australia. Um, and so, and, but they don't all have to be big to be totally transparent. Like right. I also counted the first time I, I had never painted with watercolors. So I was like, I'll try painting with watercolors. And now that piece of art is, we framed it yesterday and we were like, we should put this up. Uh, I'm going to try, I have a whole list to do this year. Um, let's see, what are some McVember this 30 year? 30 things I'm, that you've never done before. Oh, I yeah, remember I mean, thinking about that going, what would my list even be? And I said, forget it. I'm going to wait until <laughs> May and I'll start thinking about it. But I did not get yes. the reminder. I was totally going to steal your idea. How do you, is that okay? You should. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. no, I, honestly, I like this idea so much that I really recommend But my birthday comes on it. the 10th. So it's like, do I only get 10? Or do I just no, keep going you can the do month? the whole month. Oh, okay. You can All either right. start May tenth or go the whole month. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's you can. I'd had a flaming shot. Like I really, I as I come across these things, sometimes I'll write them down. Especially if it's a splurgy thing, I'll be like, save that for McVember. So I'll just like I did, um, not trapeze, but I forget what it's called. Oh, um, silks. Oh, silks. Oh, so. But basically, yeah, it's basically the same. Um, and so that was one of those things that I was like. Okay, I'll do that for McVember. I've never done that. Oh, and... I have a silk set up right out by the pool. Yeah. Really? Always. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. Lucky you. That's amazing. No. Um, on, seriously? No. <laughs> I have no idea. You have a pool. To me, in New York, that's like mind-blowing. I'm like, ah, oh, a pool. Uh, what a dream. Um, but yeah, so I, I would, I counted like bars. I went to polo bar because I was like, oh, I've never been there. I'd like to have a drink at polo bar sometimes. So it doesn't have to be big. It can just be like restaurants you've been meaning to try, museums you've never gone to. I went to the History of New York Museum because it was one that I was like, I'd always wanted to go there, but I never have. So it's just like new things. And I honestly think it is, I mean, it's invigorating, it's great, and it really does sort of boost my mood, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I think that it's so easy for me to just fall into patterns. And I think a lot of people, that's true, that you sort of end up eating the same things, doing the same things, and it's easy because it's a pattern, so your body just goes on this track of like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, by doing like one new thing a day, it can really just sort of shake everything up and be like, oh, that thing you don't like, you don't have to do that thing. You Or, you know, you can change this. Anything is within your power, it's, essentially. It's so true on the patterns. Um, I have a friend, his name's, he's an author, you guys should check him out, his name is Jedediah Jenkins. He's mm -hmm. a travel writer. Um, he's done some, some pretty big things now. But he did a uh, bike ride from... He'd never ridden a bicycle before in his life. I should have him on the podcast. Yeah, um, this guy he, sounds fascinating. He rode from Oregon down to the tip of South America. You know, wow, And he had never geez. ridden a bike, okay? It's very he did that, and along the way, there's a short video that he made. It's out there, and he talks about breaking up the habits of daily life. You know, we all get into these yeah. routines. We drive the same way home every day, and how that collapses time. 
right? We yes. have uh, yeah. our, our, the days whiz by when you get into routine. And routine is so helpful for many of us because the routine is what makes sure that we're successful at work and everything. Yes. But the uh, price we pay is 100. the days collapse into one another. And he yeah. just kind of reminds us, like, drive home a different way. Yeah. You know, maybe walk one day, bike the other day, you know, just break your routine where you can. And then the days become memorable. And then your life yeah. feels longer. I, and I kind of think that, you know, people say as you get older, time goes by faster. I wonder if yeah. it's just because we get better at routine. And when you're a kid, there's no routine. Oh, right? that's true. So I do try to make sure that I balance that as much as I can. You know, I, I do a routine in the morning. Like I try to do mm -hmm. a morning block of two or three hours. Nice, yeah. And then the yeah. rest of the day, as much as I can, is wild and woolly. Um, yeah, and I think that's great because you can have a routine that helps you sort of get what you need to get done and then have a surprise somewhere in the middle where it's like, you know what, today for an hour, I'm going to try to do watercolors. I don't know if I'll be any good. Maybe it'll be crap. Who cares? It'll be fun. Well, anyway, I love it. I love McMember and everybody check out, check out Mick's Instagram coming in a, a week, basically. Well, by the time okay. this hits, by the time this lands, we should be just four or five days into McMember. So go back and check out the first four. Oh, yeah. And then follow along from there. So the, 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 what's the funny thing called when you are extemporaneous and it's in comedy? Uh, improv. improv. Yes, got it. Improv, <laughs> which I would clearly suck at. Um, <laughs> you're doing great so far. Improv is what <laughs> you're doing right now and you're into it. And that's, a lot of that is, I'm guessing, inspired by and from and with Brian, your guy, correct? So I came to improv. I met Brian through improv. Oh, you did? Interestingly. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's how I met Brian. Brian... Well, bring him in. I, I don't want to hear about the how you met thing without him there. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, might not be, it might not be totally true. You know? uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's like that's a, true. It, here's our callback to uh, the newlywed wow. show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's put that all the way. And all then, right. okay. can you say... Yeah, Brian, so they're, they're sharing they're a pair of headphones here because everything in Manhattan is so small and condensed, the apartments, <laughs> that most folks can't have a second set of headphones. It's just, so small. It's so expensive. You have no, no idea room. how close yeah. these headphones are to the subway. This is prime real estate. I mean, honestly, I don't know if you can hear it, but there are just never-ending sirens behind us right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's, it's very Manhattan. So, Brian, we were just talking about how you pretty much taught Mick everything she knows about modeling. Um, yeah, and mm -hmm. how grateful she is for that as her sort of Big spiritual time. muse that she tapped into you when she was mm -hmm. just a teenager and before she had met you. She used to hear your voice, you know, mm -hmm. helping her make yeah. these decisions. So I think that's really great. And we spent, you know, 40 minutes talking about that. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know if we want to keep keep sort of digging into that bad boy, but I, I'll just say that when Mick and I first met, it really, it really looked like I was her bag boy because everywhere we went, she was in these like leather or silk onesies. I don't know what do you call them. Jumpsuit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, with and stilettos, right? With, and yeah. just these giant, big, black-rimmed hats. And I would be next to her in just a T-shirt with a really long dog on it. And so everybody would look at us and be like, well, they don't, they don't know each other. <laughs> these people have no relation to each other. They just met recently. So you're Brian Morabito. Yes. Um, very Japanese sounding last name. Is it Polish? Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not even close. Uh, it is Italian. It is, I think it's pr pronounced Morabito. Morabito? In Italy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we say Morabito. But I mean, it's pretty yeah, much yeah, the you same. Never say that. They're both Axis powers. 
Big, yeah, 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 and that's where I want to land. I want to put my sort of flag down in the sand here for this podcast. Yeah. Um, pro access powers, no, if I can sort of no. get that out on the internet. It's not. <laughs> There's no problem with that in New York. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, you know, some of my ancestry might be a little upset, but that's okay. No big deal. Hey, what do you want? What same, do you want? same. So how did you two meet? I want to hear the story. We was, haven't talked about it. Oh, my God. Well, it was pretty brutal. We met... A buddy of mine was doing a improv workshop on a Friday night, and normally I'm totally bucked, incredibly busy, couldn't make it. But I was, um, as it happens, just sort of, you know, pacing outside somewhere in the city. And he messaged me and he was like, hey, do you want to come fill out this workshop that I'm running? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, And so I show up to the workshop and I see Mick. And this incredibly beautiful person. It's just so stunning. And so in my mind, I immediately go, okay, so I need to ignore this person. I just, I I need to put them out of my mind that they do not exist. Because if I try and flirt with this person or be funny, I'm going to crater beyond belief. So then we started doing like these warm-ups and these games and she was very funny and she was so so nice for how pretty she was and I was like this is I was exactly right I was right I cannot do not make eye contact with this person and as the class went on apparently she tried to talk to me or really stuck to this I offered him I had a bunch of snacks and I also had obviously clocked him at the beginning and I was like I know I'll get him with cookies and I was like I just happen to have some cookies. Would you like one? No response. No chance, like, dude. I, I like, am not falling oh, for that. He didn't hear me. So I was like, hey, um, I, I have these cookies. Do you want one? And I was like leaning. We were all in the same row. So I was like leaning across these chairs and still nothing. So I just was like, I guess he doesn't, I guess he doesn't want cookies. So you were this trying to get so him strange. stoned is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, See if it were... opens him up a little bit. and it would Um, but so uh, class ends we are the the workshop ends we're in the elevator uh, together and it's just one of those situations where I was like I have to say something this is crazy what are the chances we're in the same elevator Um, and so we start talking and then we start walking you know like we're towards the subway and then we pass the subway and then we pass another stop. Oh, also, there was another guy in the class, Reed. Yeah, very um, nice guy. Really sweet guy who was really into Mick, was trying to flirt with her. But the way he was flirting with her... I had no idea. ...was he was just complimenting me. He was the best wingman of all time. He was like, Brian knows everything about animals. I was like, whoa, really? That's so cool. And like saying all these things, and I'd ask a question. He'd be like, well, you should ask Brian. He knows everything about that. I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll talk to Brian. It was wild. And then oh, he goes, all right, guys, see you later. Well, so, no, what happened was we get to, from 34th, we walked all the way to 18th before finally I was like, so I've passed several subways that I should have taken. Um, Do you guys have plans? Are you going somewhere? Or, like, what's the deal? Wait, is it just the two of you, or are you still with Reed? There's still three of us at this point, and Reed goes, I'm going home to watch basketball. I don't know what you two are doing. And I was like, okay. And Brian was like, no, I also, those were also the subways I would have taken. I was like, would you like to go have some wine or yeah, something? Would she... like to go with Reed and watch the Knicks get back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she guilted me into getting a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to a bar, we got drinks and tacos and we went to another bar and we kept closing down all these places until it was uh, five, in the, five in the morning. We had walked all around. We, I think we walked nine miles 
I think I clocked that once. It was like 8.7 miles or something. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, we should go. Yeah. Uh, oh, so then it was five in the morning. We were outside the Lincoln Tunnel. And Mick was saying how she didn't want to take a subway home yeah. because it was, you know, too late. And I was like, totally, totally. Let's call, let's call Ubers or let's call Lyfts or whatever. So we called separate Ubers, separate homes. Mm-hmm. And so then my <laughs> Lyft gets there and I'm like, all right, have a good night. And I get See in the ya. Lyft. <laughs> and, and leave me at five in the morning by the Lincoln Tunnel. I'm wearing like a little sundress. And I was like, very good. See you later. As soon as the door closed, my driver went, hey, Brian, are you having a good night? And I was like, I think I may have made a mistake. <laughs> I think there was sort of an error in judgment that may have just occurred and then drove away. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but... And then um, we went on three other are these date dates? And I truly was like, I don't know if this guy is into me or not. Oh, because yeah. Because I can't tell. Fellas, you gotta keep them guessing. Keep them confused. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm sure, Mick, that you've been through that. You know, that I've heard uh, from several women, mostly, yeah, all, that it's just when you have the looks, it can not necessarily always intimidate men, but they make assumptions about you, right? They make assumptions that, oh, she's really beautiful, so she's gonna be a bitch. Or she's not going to be that smart. All these dumb things that when you yeah, hear I, it, when you talk about it, you know it's idiotic. And yet, reflexively, it happens all the time. I do look mean. Big time. And that's I why I was... I mean. Yeah. Which is why I was so surprised choker. when she was nice. Yeah. When she was nice in that... People are constantly yeah. surprised. They're like, I really thought you were going to be really mean. I was like, I know. I, I Everyone thinks so. That's it's the brass knuckles kind of too, I think. It's intimidating. It's the snarling also. It is. You know, yeah. other people just say hello, but I sort of bare teeth to be like. Oh man, yeah. So we went on, um, we went on a couple dates in the in the like following week that happened, and there was one where it was like we just, you know, we went to see an improv show and then we ended up participating in the show. It was like mm-hmm. a, a jam where at some point anybody can like get up and do stuff. And then everybody went to a bar afterwards where there is this giant, what's it called? Connect Four. This giant Jenga and giant Connect Four. And Mick is incredible at Connect Four. And I thought I was really good at Connect Four. She absolutely destroyed me, which is I'm fine with. (laughs) It's fine. Um, And there was- Yeah, no, it's good. (laughs) Um, And at a certain point, Mick was sort of like leaning over or leaning towards me. Trying to get a kiss. God, dear dear God, just trying to get that kiss. But then I noticed right next to us was this guy who was a regular at these like pay to play, these jam improv shows, who's like a really dorky guy. Really nice. Mid thirties or forties, really, really nice. Um, just like khakis up to his nipples and was just like there to have a nice time. And in in all good conscience, I was like, I cannot stand here and make out with this gorgeous woman while this poor man just stands here and stares at us because his activity previous to this was watching us play Connect Four. You know what I mean? He's not like turning around to talk to somebody else. It was the wrong moment. I yeah, that yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, eventually hey, it hey, did. Hey, Brian, can you pull the um, headphones away from Mick for a second so she doesn't hear this part? Yeah, okay, yeah, so check it out, buddy. There's actually yeah. a formula to connect four. You Google it. You'll never lose to her. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, Are you kidding? I'm not kidding at all. Yep, throwing it out there. So just check wow. it out, learn it, and then, like, do, like, you know, hey, I bet you 
you know, make some some wager. You know, yeah. that you're gonna if she's always kicking your ass at it. Yeah. All right, that's my pro tip. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. Hey, Mick, totally totally unrelated. Um, <laughs> do you do you, do you want to play Connect Four later? No big deal. Low stakes, four hundred dollars or whatever, and you know we'll sort of see what happens. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Good. All right. She's this so is working out. <laughs> I'm about to make four hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm about to make two hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> so, Brian, you recently starred in a major new film called Terrier, or is it Terror? Terroir. Terroir. I don't know. It is. It actually. It actually is. Um, uh, it's a horror film about the scariest humans on the planet, foodies. Right. I mean, my stomach turned as I. I had to almost turn it off. So well done, though. How did you get involved? That was written uh, by the guy who plays the chef mm-hmm. in that, and he's a friend of mine. He who's an old improv coach, Devin Ritchie. So 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 funny. so funny. Such a funny Absolutely. guy. And this is this is an example of just, especially with Devin. This has happened multiple times where amazing opportunities have come out of just being like, yeah, I'll do the stupid thing. Um, a couple years ago, I mean, this is how I got the representation that I have now. A couple years ago. Uh, there was a theater that no longer exists and they were doing this um, promotion or the show where basically you would write a pilot and uh, they would you would stage it and then two or three would go on a given night and then the audience would vote and whoever won would come back the next the following month okay. or the following week whatever it was and if you won five in a row you got your own whole show to do all five pilots or whatever and so he asked me if I wanted to do this like stupid sketch show. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And did it. It was so, so fun. And there ended up being somebody was like, ooh, it's like casting directors here. And it's like amazing. Everybody is a casting director, you know, <laughs> like uh, very cool. Um, but then after the show, he was like, hey, how's it going? So um, who are you? And what are you what are you doing? And what's what's your story? So we got drinks afterwards and we started talking and then he started then all of a sudden out of the blue I got an email to come in for uh, some audition for I forget what it was it was something like Adam Sandler movie and then it turned out it was this guy and it turned out that he was helping cast all of Wes Anderson's movies and then he had his own you know like his his own side casting business really uh, Henry Bergstein really really amazing guy mm-hmm. um, and so I went in for some of those auditions and I got really close to this Comedy Central show and he was like, hey, listen, um, they're going with somebody else, but the writers liked you so much, they said you were their favorite and so I am going to get you new representation um, because I think you should be out there. And and that would not have happened if I didn't do this like random sketch show. And the same thing happened with this terroir thing where Devin of the Blue was like, hey, you want to do this like little video that I'm doing? I thought it was gonna be like shot on iPhones and something like that. And so I I showed up to where it was and there were just cameras everywhere on dollies, professional lighting crew and sound crew. And it was this whole production from this company called Means of Production, which is a really cool company that helps uh, essentially poor artists have high quality videos and like shorts and movies and stuff like that. So they provide all the equipment, really, really cool guys and women. And uh, they made that and now they're doing screenings of it. And I think it came out so great. Uh, And it's in some festivals too now, right? Two different festivals, I think he said. I believe it. Um, but yeah, that was so, so fun. And that was just something like out of the blue. And I was like, all right, I'll just walk down the street and do this. And it was great. So look forward, folks. Terroir, I, I spent 20 years in wine country. So you guys, it's great. You guys nailed that whole thing. And uh, 
Love you, Sonoma County. Um, you were also in a show called Blank My Life. What's that yes. concept? Oh. What does the blank mean? Is that like your life was empty and devoid of meaning? I'm really confused about the blank. Yeah, Blank My Life uh, is a is a web series by Alex Spieth, writer and director and star of that show. And it could be, I guess, Fuck My Life or oh. some, there, there is that void. Yeah. yeah, sort yeah. of an expletive sort of deal. I get that. Okay. Hey, yeah, totally. I'm, this is the this is the you know yeah. super nice podcast yeah, I get I on minds I, my or mind doesn't spot. even. I can't even. <laughs> Sorry, I brought you it up. Get your mind out of the I'll clouds. I'll edit that out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, for the love of God. Um, yes. Yeah, so that is a an absurdist comedy that a friend who I went to school with ended up producing, writing, and starring in, and she's made I think three seasons of it. She's incredible. Yeah, okay. she is really really great, and there's just something to she got on that bandwagon early of creating your own work. Yeah. You know, when we were in school, uh, I went to a, an acting conservatory. And so whenever anybody came back, uh, they were always like, oh, yeah, well, you know, after the first like 10 years, I started getting work or I started to make my own thing. And the thought that goes through every student's mind is like, yeah, fucking maybe you, dude. But like <laughs> when I get out there, they're not going to be able to handle me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog. But the reality of the business is that especially for comedians, you're not just an actor waiting for, you know, somebody to put you in an amazing thing. You, if you, especially for a comedian, you are a content creator. You are expected to bring something to the table. You know, in a lot of these programs, your teachers are your directors. So there is this misconception that every director or every casting director that you'll ever meet or ever come in contact with are going to pull these amazing performances out of you. And the reality of the business is that you are the same as the lighting designer. You are no more important than whatever other cog that is going into making this production happen. So you need to come in and bring some aspect of this, you know, piece of the puzzle. You know what I mean? They're not there to drag it out of you. Um, So Alex was really, really great about that early and I wish I had been sooner about that. Um, I'm sure Mick has talked a little bit about how we're starting to write and make stuff and Mm -hmm. we're writing pilots right now. I didn't talk about that, but yeah. Oh my God, I told her to kind of wait on the the joint stuff until you you got on here. Anytime I said your name, he screamed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah. And so that's that's something that we have just started doing. Should have done way way sooner. Yeah. Um, but it's so important to like. It, it's. It, it seemed like this thing of oh, if you're not good enough, you need to make some other stuff. The reality is like uh, being an actor can just be saying the line somebody else wrote, standing where somebody else is pointing and telling you to stand and doing what they say. And being an artist means having a bigger footprint on whatever it is you're putting out there, you know? And I think that's what we're more interested in. There's the reality of the longer you do it, the better you are going to get. Just, you know, by nature of getting older and having more experiences to pull from and, you know, things you've lived through. And then also just people you know. And it's not, you know, when they say it's it's who you know, not what you know, that doesn't mean like nepotism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't need to meet richer, older men. You know what I mean? And once you get a cabal of these, you know, old men, then you're cool. But it's it's more of like the people who are starting at the same level. That's why UCB was so, so great, because the people who are with you in these classes who are nobody then end up being people who have the inspiration to write things and who think of you because you were on stage just eating 
ass for years with them just being awful and then they know you so well and know you're like oh you know who this makes me think of that person and so it's it's just putting in the time and you know enjoying what you're doing have you guys i think that's how you seen the new film uh it was just started last night uh yes god yes no No. oh your eating ass comment reminded me of it so when you check it out it'll make sense That's all I can say. If you have seen it, you're kind yeah, of laughing no spoilers. at home and you're no kind of going, oh, that's gross. Uh, my favorite part. I, I'm a big fan yes. of animation in general. Um, have worked on some projects with my incredibly talented friend, Jeff Gardner. He's a stop motion, one of the best stop motion people uh, in the world. My favorite part is this simple animation. I watched it this morning, but there's, there's a power to this simple animation. And I was really impressed because I thought you drew it, Brian. <laughs> but I'm, you can keep even, believing that it's even more it's better for the podcast though because Mick did the drawing and Mick yes. did the animation it's a great little story Mick explained these 300 word pieces that you and your friends yes. were writing and sharing and then you decided to animate this one yes it's a great idea and I hope you do more I hope you don't just do one and go eh it took some energy you know 18 people watched it let's quit on that <laughs> there's real power in getting words across through simplified animation in my mind Mm-hmm. You know, are you planning on doing more? I'd, I'd really like to. Yeah. You have the grandma who kills the moon. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no spoilers on that no, as well. Great <laughs> no spoilers yeah, great on title. 300 words. How does it end? Half a page story. <laughs> How does it end? Honestly, you'll never guess. They eat ass. And it's <laughs> like every other movie out today. To yeah. yeah. Basically, it's this group that has morphed, but at, we do it once a month, or we used to do it once a month. And then we started doing it once a week, but essentially a prompt. During COVID. Yeah, during COVID, we did it once a week. A prompt is given at the beginning of a week, right? Could be a word, could be a phrase, doesn't matter. And then by the end of the week, everybody who is participating submits their 300 words. Could be a song, fiction, nonfiction, a poem, dialogue, anything you want. Uh, they submit it anonymously. We've had songs. Yes. And so then I will print them out. And then usually we would go to a bar or somebody's apartment and or we in just this case, zoom. or in this case zoom um everybody's favorite place <laughs> and it, we just pass them out and we read them one by one and then everybody sort of just gives depending on the group some people want more critical feedback you know to become better writers was the initial group this group was just like to socialize and be creative and just like what you got out of it what it made you think of and it was just an excuse to be creative and write and you then know we tried I mean? to guess who wrote what, which and then was you, also very yes. fun. Then you try and guess who wrote what, and you can start to get a sense of, you know, people's writing styles, and then people try and mimic each other's styles. Right, it's very fun. So then out of that came several my stories that we part. really like, and yeah. one of them was my favorite part. And yeah, this the simple animation was intentional. I wanted it to be like a storybook style because I think there is so, so much that a viewer gets out of a neutral face you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh how much you can put on something you know the potential to me is so much funnier than telling you sometimes like how i feel showing you how grossed out i am or how excited i am that's sort of like you know the first layer of human interaction or reading their behavior but when it's this you know sort of storybook uh you know very still panels it's just so, so much more, I think, simplicity and kind of love can come out of those types of characters. That's, I, I love the idea of the, 
it's so COVID friendly. This idea of passing <laughs> around, I, everyone should passing do around uh, with your friends uh, a writing assignment or something. I mean, come up with your own version of it, folks. But if you're out there and you have friends, even if you're not writers, who cares? Think Most of, of us weren't. Think of this idea that you can just share stuff with your friends and put a deadline on it. That's the main thing: is putting a deadline on it. So it's a great idea. If you want to see the results of it, there'll be a link in the show notes to to my favorite part. Uh, also, before I forget, on Instagram at Mora. Get it? Morbido? Mora? Huh? At Mora, <laughs> then enough. Mora, then enough on Instagram. And Mick is at Mick Saul. S-Z-A-L. Um, so you guys work together on my favorite part. How, and mm-hmm. you work together, I've seen you do uh, improv together as well. Mm-hmm. What, oh, yeah. How is that as a, as a couple in the same field doing these things together? Do you guys, is it ever competitive? Or is it competitive in a good way? You know what? It um is horrible and uh, no it really depends on sitting 18 feet apart everybody (laughs) with frowns um well it's interesting it depends on uh, depends on what it is because i had been doing improv for a couple years before i think mick started so when we started dating almost every day was us on the subway, Mick being like, hey, can we do another exercise? Hey, let's do another exercise. What's going on with that? And I'm like, I'm gonna lose my mind if I have to. He got, to, he got a little taste of uh, that nerd I was talking about before. When there's something I wanna learn, I'm just like, I can't let things go. So we would literally be riding on the subway, be like, what's another exercise we can do just two people on the subway? And he was like, for the love of God, please let me listen to music. <laughs> but it's 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 great to you know. Oh, they became really good. Yes, and it's so nice that she was so, you know, aggressive and interested in it and wanting to get better. And it's one of those things where, like, no matter how many times I said it, she wouldn't hear it. But that she would be, you know, a lot. So often you'll do these things where you do a show and you're not happy with a show, and somebody afterwards Ever. is like, "That was so fun," and you then spend the next ten minutes being like, "You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> that show was bad, and I was bad, and here's why." <laughs> and there's a definite learning curve to understanding that it's like, why don't I not spend my time convincing somebody that yeah. they didn't have a good time, and just like understand that I am learning and growing. And so I would be like, Mick, you are so so much better than I was when I was at that time. You know, I mean, where you were. Um, but she was so hungry and going after it, and she got so so much better. Uh, and now working together, either writing things or creating things. For me, there's definitely been another learning curve of, you know, for uh, sharing those creative impulses, Mm. you know, there's definitely a control that I had to relinquish of like the timing should be this or the beats should be this. um, And don't worry about it. Like I can tell you what to do. I want to like write this out or like give you suggestions here. And as a writer or as a director, so much of the job is relinquishing that control and then having that person bring their own creativity to it, which is why they're there in the first place. So I think for me, it's definitely been something that I've had to learn and get better at. But I think I've gotten better at, you know, sort yeah. of like sharing that space and letting you. Yeah, kind of... I, I think it's something that we both shied away from at the beginning. Uh, and then I think over the last year, we have sort of gotten more and more into a creative space, probably partially because of COVID. Mm -hmm. It's allowed us to be like, okay, well, what can we do together in this time? Um, Last McVember, I wrote a short 
30 minute play that went on stage and I had Brian in it. I think that's the first thing that we did like together together. I mean, yeah. you were part of a cast. It wasn't just me and you, but Okay, but it was sort of like the connection was there. But you were the star. <laughs> um yeah, and so we're just going to keep making stuff and writing stuff. Yeah. We are we're writing two different pilots, but it's so helpful to have her here and just talk through and be able to also have somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody who you know knows you and who has a different perspective on comedy and humor to just bounce ideas off of or when I am at a roadblock you know she will just come at it from a totally different perspective and that is so so helpful do you guys have any any uh, lanes so to speak like this is my area that I am the most experienced at so you know stay in that one or is it just wide open in the creative fields like you can bounce anywhere and there's no sort of predominant expertise that's a good question. I mean, there are definitely things we're individually more comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, you being on the runway, a model. catwalk. Yeah. 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 You know. I, the fashion. I feel like you ask me fashion tips for like how a character like should dress. Not. I mean, even just appearing on camera. Like when you think about, you know, a huge thing for the distinction between TV and film and stage is that. Uh, TV and film are visual mediums. You need to be able to mute the movie or the show and you should be able to understand the relationship to the characters and maybe some semblance of what's going on. But theater is a textual medium, right? So people are sitting in the back row, they're seeing these big set pieces and costumes, but they're not necessarily seeing the nuances of what's going on in somebody's face. So they need to be able to hear what Shakespeare's words are to communicate what's going on. That's right. that's a totally different. And so the geography of what you do in an audition or on camera uh, is of paramount importance that just doesn't exist in theater. And Mick is so, so comfortable and so, so confident on camera. Um, and the last thing, I mean, I love improv so much because it's this thing of like the impulse comes in and you need to hear that information, understand that information, and add to it, and act as if you knew this information the whole time. And that's the magic of it, because right. your character needs to seem like they've lived in this world their whole lives, when the reality is the actor is hearing it at the same time as the audience, right? So that's where I thrive, but if I have to watch myself on camera, I would I would rather watch a cat in a motor than watch like take a picture <laughs> of me or watch myself on camera. And so Mick is supremely helpful in just being like, hey, why don't you just stand like a human? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, why don't you just do I that? I think we're really good at being cheerleaders for each other, for the various insecurities or whatever fears that we have. I think that's something that I'm like very grateful for. Brian's very like... A huge, you're a big cheerleader for me, which is like very helpful to have someone who's like, just make it. You're so good. Ah, oh, like when we were making the my favorite part, I hand drew all those panels on like individual sheets uh, and then painted them with acrylics. And I feel like I don't. If it was just my project, I probably would have given up on that just to be like, ugh, I don't know, what am I doing? But every day you were like, this looks amazing. Oh my god, this mouse is so cute. Wow, yes, every day. I mean, it's just so helpful. Oh, that's great. So this is a, this is a success story through COVID. You guys have, have done this. You're going through COVID. You're putting your careers together. And yeah, we're thriving. This cool is the ideal spot. <laughs> this is super nice. Yeah, if we I can get it. more right. of this. If you're listening to this, just be more like them. They also, they also I've been noticing this. I've been fixating, especially on, on, on Brian's. They both have great eyebrows. 
you know? Oh, oh wasn't oh, fishing. Yeah. Took long enough. Yeah, Thank I know. You. you kept leaning forward a little bit and like, oh, my God, these <laughs> yes. eyebrows are so expressive. You know? So my experience so through theater see, like, is there it is, there it is. Yeah. really crucial. <laughs> All right. This is the part where you guys get to issue a challenge, a super nice challenge to the folks listening to this podcast. Something that they can do to make their world a little bit nicer, a success habit, either something they do every day or something they do once. Do you guys have a challenge for people out there? I do. Do you want to go first or do you want a second? So you just, you just said you you do and then you said Well, if you, you also go. have one. No, no, I'll go. Do you no, want, I, yeah, how about go. you go and then I'll... <laughs> my, my super nice challenge is actually to be super nice to yourself. Because wow. I think right now that's something that at least I struggle with and I think a lot of people are also struggling with beating themselves up. So my super nice challenge is every day before you go to bed, either you can write it down I, that would be my suggestion, but if you don't want to do that and you just want to do this while you're laying in bed, that's totally fine. But every day right before bed, try and think of five things you're grateful for that happened that day. Because it can really, I think we fixate on the bad and mm -hmm. we forget the good really easily. So even, I mean, it might change the way you think about something that happened that day where you're like, I dropped my coffee. But when you think about the thing you're grateful for, you're like, but you know what? The I ended up getting instead uh, a different drink just because I was already ordering a second one. So I, I ended up trying a new drink that I really liked. So I'm grateful for that. Or like, I heard that joke and it was really funny. Or I made someone smile and that made me feel really good. So that that's my say five things that you're grateful for in that day. Big or small doesn't matter. Just something that you liked. Challenge accepted. Five grateful things. I, I really like it. Wow. That was, that was really nice. Yeah, you got to follow. I was I was able to come up with some cool stuff. Okay, yeah. As well, oh, I see. Which wow. I've, I've always said. That's a big said, list, Brian. Which yeah, one are no you big deal. Choose? I'm actually just going to throw these out and go off the dome. Um, I think something that uh, you should do is be awful at stuff. Be truly, really bad. Um, I have failed so, and I know every every podcast you turn on, it could on, it could be about anything, and they're like, "Hey guys, just believe in yourself and like be okay to fail, all right?" Um, but it's true. <laughs> you're, you're, thank you so much. <laughs> um, yes, in, invest in a mic and breath support. Um, no, but be be bad at stuff and be willing to be bad at stuff. You know what I mean? For a long time you know i i worked so long and so hard to be on the the main stage in new york at ucb which is the main improv theater where every funny person has ever lived has gone through and the first time i got up on that stage it was new year's and it was just this thing where they brought people out of the audience and there were people who i admired so much on stage i did i did a scene where the entire audience in unison booed every single i I was on stage with people I admired and they like <laughs> called me out. There was nothing offensive, but it was just so bad. And to have everybody around me be like, no, not that guy. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. And so I think the a, a common thing to do would be to sort of like sort of read the room and take the note and be like, okay, maybe I start cooking or, you know, I don't leave the house for a while, <laughs> but you just gotta keep doing it. Um, and uh, that's funny. You weren't in here when Todd said something very similar, right? Oh. You weren't in here that. Uh, oh, yeah. cool. Okay, my new thing is work out every day. If, if Todd said that, then my new thing. <laughs> no, it was different. It was just. It, it was different. <laughs> you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it in a couple weeks. 
Absolutely. Hey, she'll, yes. she'll also hear the comment that I said to you in a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, Mick, give me your phone. <laughs> we need to we need to delete <laughs> delete Spotify. <laughs> okay, I like it. Was that, that was your challenge. Just go I ahead so. I and think be, that's, be cool be bad with at stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm so good at that. <laughs> Podcast. Well, you gotta try something else. Uh, no, just the, the the discomfort when you when you get into stuff uh, is can be it can really inhibit people from being people that would otherwise grow into being incredible at things and it's such a loss mm. it's such a loss for all of us and we have friends that we know like oh man if you just would do this and keep doing it you'd be incredible then like, you're just telling me that all right so oh, listen yeah. to brian just keep sucking at stuff and just one day going. maybe you won't i mean you'll probably <laughs> suck at stuff for at least seven years but then oh but then, then it'll be awesome. then then it'll be awesome <laughs> okay so lastly you guys have a question for me yeah. Anything. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Do you ever, um, I guess a common question you, you probably get a lot is like how to stay positive when so much is going on. But I would say that's a garbage question. And here's what I'm going to ask. No, you, I think you're incredibly good conversationalist you know we listen to some episodes and and now you're a really good active listener and able to you seem to be able to like continue the conversation and ask insightful questions how do you maintain that somebody you don't know you're meeting for the first time you know i mean i guess people you know you're comfortable with but you know this is the first time we're meeting Mm -hmm. how do you approach either having that confidence or the ability to be able to do that? Well, that's a, that's a great question because it comes right off of your your piece of advice, which is I didn't know anything about podcasting when I got into it, and so I just sucked at it for a while. But I also told myself, I'm going to suck at this. Don't look back until you've hit episode 20, and then go back and take notes on what you've done and, and work to improve what you can improve, right? Still haven't improved the podcast booth yet. Um, it looks professional, it, though. Audio wise, anyway, you... just so the hardest thing for me was was freeing myself from the note, because at first I wanted to make sure that I knew the guest and that I knew what they'd done, what they were all about, and then I would refer to the notes, you know, and and, and I wasn't actively listening. I was doing that thing that that all of us do too often, which is waiting to say that thing, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to make sure that I I got the the the. Oh, and you also were the guy who created the robot shark in jaws that's so cool mm-hmm. that was um, yeah i want to make sure i got that in so people knew it took a long time to get to the point where i prepare notes and then throw them away more or less mm. you know and i'm not up the night before trying to get things ready when i'm when i overstudy then it isn't extemporaneous and i'm not mm-hmm. listening and i'm trusting myself now more because i've done it enough times and i still have criticisms of myself um when I get excited, I talk fast and I don't enunciate as well as I could, things like that. But largely, it's just the comfort of going through it and going through it and doing it again and again and again. It's, that's the only, that's it. That's it. That's the only thing. It's just doing it repeatedly. Yeah, that's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do it. I'm starting to finally enjoy podcasting. That's the thing. That's good. You know, I did do, in college, I was a theater minor. So I did do a number of plays. I've, you know, I've done everything. I've been naked on stage in front of hundreds of people. I've, you know, I've gotten, okay. I've gotten a lot of the big things out of the way that, that I sure. think right. I, I can't crash any harder than that. I can't crash any harder <laughs> than being naked in front of the 
my ex-girlfriend's mom and little sister. And, you know, we were together for five and a half years and we broke up last week. And here I am naked in front of her mom. I mean, that stuff. You know, once you go... Yeah, her mom's just like, big mistake. Big mistake, Sarah. I can't believe you gave that. That's exactly what she said. She said, big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah, emphasis on steak. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so there is a comfort level there, but I still feel sometimes like I would like to hand these duties over to another host and, and things like that. I have a lot of... Uh, insecurities around it's the same thing you, you look at somebody different or funnier and and uh, um, or better at what you do and you wonder for a minute and then hopefully you stop and go wait a minute oh that's the challenge to get up there mm-hmm. to, to, to yeah to get better so yeah. try to yeah. get better i i have a sillier question okay. but i like asking it. okay but i like ask but you have to pause because i'm at one percent charge and i forgot to bring my charger i'm going to dash inside and answer your question do you guys have this the extra 60 seconds we, yeah. If you can believe it, yeah, yeah we can, can pencil you... it in. Wow, uh, now that he's we... gone. Oh, my God. Well, honestly, he said he, he already did the whole... I talk about Drunk Planet Earth. Don't you ever, ever talk about Drunk Planet Earth. Um, it, was pretty, it was pretty brave of him to talk about um, being naked on stage. He's not mentioning that he's naked doing this podcast, which is kind of... I think it's because it's not on stage. I think you're, um... you didn't hear the important part. It um... was a stage. Okay. Well, his his ex girlfriend's mom is here with us. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, Mickey. You my jacket, Nick. You have a question for me? Yeah, it's not. Um, mine's much sillier. Uh, if you could have any superpower at all, what would it be? And as a sort of follow up, what superpower do you think you are closest to having? Your one. Uh, radioactive spider bite away from this superpower because it's usually not the same for both people when I I've asked before. Wow, those superhero questions I've never mastered. You know, they're like, would you rather fly or be invisible? All that kind of thing. I think mm. I would really like time travel. Does that count as a superpower? Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah, yeah. Because I like history so much. I don't think I would do it yeah. to go like, you know, ask somebody out in a different, better way this time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've seen about time. Which one's that? <laughs> That's the time travel one where he asks the girl out a bunch of different ways. No. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. Well, no, I just, I like, I would go back and be a voyeur and watch events. You know, I think that'd be pretty cool. I love I that. I think I would want to go forward in time. I don't have a lot of interest in that. I just want to live yeah. that. So time travel would be my, my super power. Um, wow, I've never thought of that one before. Okay. So superpower that I'm closest to having. I mean, I don't, can you guys. It's probably super strength, you know? Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty huge. Probably super strength. But I'm not very close to invisibility at all. Not even remotely. <laughs> uh, hey, don't get down on yourself about that, okay? Well, that's not true, because my hair is thinning a lot now. So <laughs> oh. that's sort of an invisibility. Right, that's one of your five things you're grateful for. <laughs> it is. Getting that much closer to being invisible. <laughs> Can we throw some super... Flying? I'm not close to flying. Um... um uh, let's see, I teleportation, pyromancy, super speed, super speed, super speed. heat vision, uh, being able to influence people, heat uh, vision. Yeah, I'm not close to having any superpowers, unfortunately. Healing. Um, uh, I think if I were to aspire to uh, an impact, obviously, it's it's the super nice club. It's yeah. trying to be nice for myself, like you said, starting with yourself. And I have a lot of work to do just to be a uh, nicer, less judgmental person. I have a real hard time with um, mm-hmm. what I view to be idiocy. 
And in our country right now, in our time of COVID, it's really easy to be super judgmental um, of people. And so, you know, that's what I'm struggling with. And a lot of people are stupid. I mean, let's just be honest here. Um, Some people deserve to be judged. Yeah, they do. Kidding, JK. Ha ha. Just trying to, I think, I think niceness, being able to be consistently nice to yourself and others would be an awesome superpower. If I can get there, that'd be great. If I can teach it to, not teach it, if I can exemplify it for anyone uh, Mm -hmm. at, at the same time that it's, again, it's those rungs, right? At the same time, I see other people who are, nicer and go oh I'd, I'd rather be you know up there yeah I, I think that would be that's that sucks like i'm not close to any good superpower really i think this that's was, a really good one well this was also meant to be a downer yeah this was also meant to my question was meant to... that was just sort of a, you're just undercutting my you guys have your own insecurities and you're trying to just <laughs> me like some creepy hey cloak. if you were good at anything what would it be <laughs> yeah, if you could be good at something <laughs> Um, oh, I don't know, man. Um, being alive, <laughs> breathing. No, great question. Oh, yeah. Great, great question. I appreciate it. Yours, Brian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you two, really great to talk. I'm really glad to get to know you both a little bit here, and you know, yeah, look for forward to us. the yeah. next cartoon animation. Mm. Absolutely. Look forward to Terroir Two. Um, Absolutely. And if you're looking for something in the meantime mm-hmm. to stay happy and have your day, we uh, another thing we work on together is called Drunk Planet Earth. That's right. Uh, and Mick runs the Instagram for it, and she posts pretty much daily. Right now we're in the middle of a bracket for cutest animal. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's called the Cutie Baby Championship. Is and that- if you want to... We are making people vote for which animal is cuter. So every day I put up an animal fact with one animal and then the other animal with an animal fact and then afterwards you vote which one's cuter is that at drunk planet earth at drunk planet earth yep it's a once every two weeks we're doing it now for uh we do a a twitch live stream show where we uh stream an animal documentary we make jokes and then people ask animal questions you can ask any question and if brian and the other host can't answer it they take a shot so by the end of the twitch stream Everyone's pretty drunk. We're having a good time. You have learned some weird animal facts. It's very fun. Mick is our fact checker, and yes. when everything's back, we'll be back to doing it live. But for now, we're on we're doing Twitch. it on Twitch. Oh, well, I've always just really looked forward to getting drunk while learning obscure facts about animals. So this is the place for you. I'm I'm there. <laughs> and again, thanks thanks you guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, so much for having you. us. This is great. Congratulations, you made it through Nice Work's longest ever podcast. You know, sometimes it's nice to have a longer one if you're on a drive or something like that, especially when you have super dynamic, super funny, super nice mm -hmm, guests like Mick and Brian. Those two made my day. Again, I, I love it when I leave the podcast just feeling great, feeling challenged, feeling inspired by the guests. Because if I do, I'm hoping you do. That's, I mean, I, I feel like, I should be the first canary in the coal mine. If I fall asleep and die, then uh, it's probably not the best podcast. Do canaries fall asleep before they die in the coal mines, you guys think? They probably do, huh? That's, that's not the worst way to go. I mean, if, you, if you're a bird in a cage in a coal mine, you probably want to fall asleep and die, don't you think? Is that kind of dark? I don't mean it to be dark. I, I'm just painting a picture of like the contrast between yellow and black and... and, and so bright and vibrant as a bird and then the quiet sort of death sounds of a, of a mine. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. 
Hope you enjoyed Mick and Brian. Follow them. Find them. Uh, more than enough. A mix all. I've got all that, all the links, all the good stuff in the show notes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of the Super Nice Club. Love you a bunch. Stay nice. Oh, want to be nice. Don't you want to be one of the people in the Super Nice Club? Oh, want to be nice. Don't you want to be one of the people in the Super Nice Club? Oh, want to be nice. Don't you want to be Yeah. So what? Big deal.